It's one of those it's days, fun. guys. Welcome, 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 welcome to, uh, I would say, a pretty special episode yes. of the Sauce Cast here with my co-hostess with the mostest, Natalia Del Valle. Yes. Listen, guys, today's just a normal day. Nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing special. It's nobody's. Oh, <laughs> damn. It's a, it's a birthday today. Damn. <laughs> Happy birthday, Adam. Thank today you. is going to be an episode about you. Um, I think this is the perfect episode for you to spit some real game, give us some life experience um, with a little bit of who you are and your come up story. You know, a lot of people see you today and, you know, they think you kind of just made it and things are handed to you. And a lot of mm. people don't know your journey. They don't know your struggles. So I figured let's start off with a banger, right? Um, let's kind of jump into this episode. Do you want to say anything to the, to the audience we have before we get started? Okay, anything? well, thank you. You know, we we had a staff meeting today, all <laughs> 60 people with Valuetainment. When I started with Valuetainment, there was like less than 10 of us. I remember you came to like intern for a week in yeah. Dallas. Yeah, It's just pretty incredible to see how the growth that we've had. And, uh, you know, I've known PBD, CEO, founder of Valuetainment for over 10 years now. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just uh, pretty magical stuff. So today we're like, what are we going to do for, for the birthday? We wanted to maybe bring everyone from the staff meeting on timing-wise. It didn't work out. We're like, oh, you know, let's just let's take a walk down memory lane. How did we even get to this point? What's going on with Valuetainment? What's going on with SauceCast? Who the... Is this guy Adam Sosnick anyway? <laughs> How did he get here? Yes. Uh, whether you, you love me, whether you don't love me, whether you enjoy me, whether you hate me, it's all good. I, I think I'm one of those people that is very, very, very comfortable in my own skin, even if I have stuff all over it yeah, now. Um, but I think today, what I'm most looking forward to is this is probably going to be the realest episode uh, I've ever done or we've ever done. Yes. Today, we're going to talk about. Um, you know, my life, but it's not necessarily about me. It's like really, as, as we always discuss, how can we deliver value to our friends watching at home? How can I help you in your life? And I figured, all right, if I make this about me on my birthday, that doesn't really help you guys. But if I kind of reveal, like, uh, you know, peel back the curtain into my life, what's worked well for me, what was a disaster for me, what would I do over, what would I improve, who did I network with, what did I fuck up, what did I screw up here? And just kinda, you can take that and extrapolate that and use that in your life to be like, oh, okay, cool, that's what I, maybe I should have thought, oh, all right, bing, bing, bing. So I wanna, you to, I wanna kinda be a pawn in the game of your life, mm. right? So I wanna you, Th this, uh, ironically enough, even though this is my birthday and we're doing a show on my birthday and I appreciate all the love, this show is about you and I'm going to be as real and as truthful um, and as relevant as possible to help you guys in your life. Because, you know, I'm, as of tomorrow, going to be 43 years of age. Wow. Claps in the chat yeah. for you. Well, Claps according in the to, chat for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of you guys are 20, 25, 30, 35, and you're like, all right, cool. Like, what you got? And I think, you know, I don't even know what the definition of an expert is. I think it's obviously someone who specializes in something. But in my opinion, as far as someone who gives advice, an expert or expertise, it's really someone who's just a little bit ahead of you where you're at. Right. So maybe you've made your first six figures. 
and you're like, all right, how can I get to half a million? Maybe you just graduated college and you're like, all right, what's my first job? And all it really is is somebody who's been there, done that, and can kind of say, hey, from my perspective, here's where you should kind of look into. Mm-hmm. You know, with that being said, everyone's at a different phase in their life. So uh, I'm excited to get started. Yes. We've got some stories. We've got some pictures. We've mm. got some anecdotes. Yes. Um, and uh, again, we're doing this for, for you guys, guys at home. So yes. excited to get started. Thank I know you. you've got some stuff to pull up. Yes. I, by the way, th- I planned none of this. Yes. Just, you, you know, came into it, and we'll let you open the lucky package you. at the end of the you know, episode. Because I'm already so anticipating tuned. being like, what kind of egomaniac throws a party? It's like, I didn't do any of this. So thank you, <laughs> yes, you for doing this, this. Nat. By the way, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing great. I'm feeling phenomenal. I'm super, super grateful to even be here with you. You thank know, you. Who would have thought, you know, after my experience interning and then meeting you, and then mm-hmm. here we are today, it's your birthday, and we're celebrating yeah. you, and we're giving messages to all of you out there, so we're super grateful for all of you. Um, so make sure you guys, of course, mm. like the video, comment, share, subscribe, do all of that groovy stuff, um, because today we're about to give you some real sauce value. Ooh, uh, so By I'm the excited. Way, real quick, usually our friend over there, Deli, aka the Unabomber, he's over there. Let's get a shot of him. Yes. Great kid. <laughs> may or may not be my son. I don't know. I've been with some people out there. But Delhi's going to have a lot of work to do today. Yes. So I believe in this young man. He's got a great attitude. He's got a great work ethic. He's going to be pulling up a lot of stuff. Delhi, I believe in you. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about milestones in your life, step-by-steps guide. There's some financial stuff. There's some comedy stuff. There's mm-hmm. some attainment. There's some relationships. A little of everything that we're going to be discussing today. Yes. Um, so Delhi, you got a lot of stuff to pull up. Mm-hmm. Nat, you're you're hosting today. I'm, okay. I'm kind of the guest on my own birthday. I love it. But thank you guys, genuine, genuine, genuine. Thank you to you and you and you and you and you and you for being here. Uh, you could be doing anything right now, anything in the world. You're here on my birthday. Um, appreciate the love, support, comment. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what I need to improve. Tell me what you enjoy. All of it. Uh, Nat will be reading the comments. You know, if you watch the Sawscast, if you're here with us every Thursday and Friday, you know Nat is improving her reading skills For you guys. on a daily, weekly, <laughs> monthly basis. And I'm so proud of her. This episode is sponsored by Hooked on Phonics, work for Natalia. <laughs> we need to get that sponsor, though. We should. <laughs> By the way, I've got so much confetti in this cocktail it's right okay. now. I'll give you Someone made a comment, juice. whoever it was, said, you know Saz and Natalia are drinking on the birthday. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are adults. We are 21 plus, And <laughs> we're having a cocktail on my birthday. Yes, and we're so here with you. So thank you for the love. Uh, let's... Get Let's this get this bad started. boy started. So I kind of want to take it back. I'm super excited because we've got some photo mm. proof. And I love to go down memory lane, you know, kind of reminisce in those times and where you were at at those times. So I kind of want to start off back in when you were a youngster, a little younger yeah. than you are now, right? Um, so if we can get some of those photos up and like high school time, middle school time. Who was Adam? Ooh. Look at you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Who was this guy? By the way, if you can, just scroll down a little bit. Just to, yeah, North Miami Beach Optimist. Wow. If you're in Miami, shout out to you if you're part of the NMB Optimist. (laughs) So in that picture, I was probably like, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, and sports was my life. I I played basketball, I played football, I played baseball. And And your favorite was? My bet, I was best at basketball. I played college football, which we'll discuss but it, obviously I was playing baseball there. Yeah. 
And um, I, I just think that, like, everyone, I, I always say this to this day, like, I don't really have any hobbies. I just hang out with my boys and party and, and all that. But sports was a major thing in my life. And um, it, 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 it was, uh, you talk about work ethic, you talk about dedication, you talk about camaraderie, you talk about teamwork, you talk about getting along with people, you're talking about how to manage expectations. Hey, I thought I'd be this, but I turned out I was this. Talking about being competitive, you talk about, you know, being a backup, being a starter. Like these are mm -hmm. things as a man. man. Men are very hierarchical, right? Like whether it's the military, whether it's companies, anything. It's you know, CEO, general manager, yeah. boss, salesperson, underwriter, whatever it is. And uh, I think sports helped shape a lot of that, mm -hmm. right? So, in that picture, I was just I was getting life started. It was mm. good. Life was good. And how were your how were you as a teammate? Did you get along with your teammate? Were you more of the leader on the team? Mm. Were you somebody who kind of just was a good background on the team, I support team? Where were no, you? No, I was always, and I say this very humbly, always like one of the best athletes. Mm. Like you know, like as a kid, you know, yeah, you do. like when you're on the on the school schoolyard. This is a big thing for guys' ego, and it's like, all right, we're playing football. All right, first pick. I got Sosnick. It's like, you know it, dog. If you're ever like last pick, you're like. Okay, maybe that's, maybe that's for me. <laughs> so I was always kind of th that, and I was always a very good teammate. Much like this, I think why Pat and I get along so well. He wasn't a sports guy; he's very open about that. But he mm. was a military guy, mm. and whether you're in sports, military, you guys know this. There's something very unique about just like the 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 teammates, the brotherhood, the homies, mm. the just the camaraderie, the jokey, the <laughs> oh, you motherfucker, like all that. Guys, you know what I'm talking about here. And I think that was always part of my element. And I think um, my, my mother would always say, I remember she said this about a friend of mine because he wasn't a great athlete. And mm. she's like, you know, <laughs> you're only as strong as your weakest link, okay? So it's your job as being the best player or the captain, whatever, to pick up the youngest guy or the worst guy and make him, do, make him improve. Like, that was always ingrained with me. And my mom was very much like, you treat the CEO the same as the janitor. The janitor is a CEO. Everyone's equal. Like, mm. as long as you give your best, you can do whatever you want to do. I don't care if you're a trash man, if you're a rabbi, you do your best. Like, mom still to this day thinks I'm going to be a rabbi. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know about that, mom. <laughs> I think I've sinned enough for 10 <laughs> lifetimes. But um, I don't know. I just really appreciated being around uh, athletes, teammates, other dudes, I didn't. I wasn't very like chick crazy mm. until like the end of high school. I was very focused on sports mm. and comedy. And what so about in class? What about in class? Were you a bookworm? Oh, Were you just no. like good at taking tests? Were you just? Uh, yeah, I uh, think Delhi has this picture of uh, uh, when I was in class. They they used to put me. Yeah, there I am. <laughs> in the back. So they used to put me. <laughs> he said, "Hopefully the TV falls enough." Yes. <laughs> So here's a classroom. I'm in the back of the classroom. Everyone else is in the front. Like, yeah. And they're like, Adam. Cause, so my theme, that was probably, I was in eighth grade at Highland Oaks Middle School. Wow. All right, that was here in Miami. <laughs> and I just, comedy was, it's very uh, unique. Like, to be like that focused on uh, sports, I was always like, just very good at sports. I got a high school, a scholarship to a, elite private high school in Miami for basketball, for football, mm. but I love making people laugh. That was like always my thing. Mm. I, like my theme of my bar mitzvah was stand-up comedy. Wow. Yeah, it was actually funny. My mom made a, um, 
it was like a mug it was like i cracked up at adam's bar mitzvah right that is so and cute. i like i remember in second grade they're like what do you want to be when you grow up i'm like stand-up comedian and like at the time this is going to kind of date myself this yeah. is in the early 90s the biggest comedians in the world uh were billy crystal robin williams and Whoopi goldberg oh wow the, yeah they were, they were they were massive and they used to do this thing called comic relief they were like just like it was all about uh, philanthropy and donating, feeding the homeless. And I, they were, they were, I used to just, I used to watch in Living Color, mm. Martin, Jamie Foxx, Def Comedy Jam, even Seinfeld. That, like, comedy was my life. Mm. And on this mug for my bar mitzvah, I was like, this is who I want. I want it to be me, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, my mug. I cracked up at Adam's bar mitzvah. There was like a crack in the mug. And my, I, tell, I tell this to my mom. And I get the mug. She's like, here's your mug for it. There's a hundred of them for my bar mitzvah. Yeah. And I look on the mug, and there it is. It's me. Aww. It's Billy Crystal. <laughs> it's Robin Williams. And it's Bette Midler. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, Ma, where the hell is Whoopi Goldberg? She's like, I'm a Bette Midler fan. <laughs> I, said, I said, what the fuck does that mean? She's like, you've never seen Beaches? I'm like what does that have to do she's like i like bet midler and i want a so whoopi goldberg i'm sorry you didn't make my bar mitzvah cup mm. but back to that picture i was always joking in class mm. um deli pull that picture up they're like you can't sit with the rest of the kids really you just can't you have to sit all by yourself in the back that's it you want to tell jokes you know crack up you want to say some stupid shit like we're gonna know it's from you because it came from the way back of the room. <laughs> I'll never forget that class. It was all by myself. By the way, just so you know, I mean, I don't think I'm getting in trouble at this point. Keep yeah. that picture there, Dell. Very easy to cheat in the back of the room. Why? You keep little notes over there on the mm. desk, little crypt notes, whatever. Not saying I did cheat <laughs> in eighth grade <laughs> English <laughs> class, but let's just say I somehow aced every test. Mm. Uh, so being in the back of the room did have its benefits, okay. but. Yeah, they made me sit in the back of the room because I was just the class clown to the fullest. Like, you see how Vinny is around the office yes, these days? Yes, And that's, that's a 44-year-old grown man, <laughs> Vinny. Shout out to you, Vinny, my brother. Yeah. That was me, but I was 14. Mm. So, so, yeah. And with you being so funny, the ladies didn't find that attractive? No, how no, the they, they, they found it attractive. Okay, I mean, okay. let's not go there, man. Okay, okay, I'm just asking. All my funny friends out there, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah. We talk about... Um, know three elements of a man right like the the three the provider the protect protector being present or wealth looks and game and when it comes down to game game is very interesting because there's all types of game mm. as you know mm -hmm. the lady who likes nerdy sigma dudes I do. um you know you could be smart you can be intellectual you can be charming you can be funny you can be comedic you can be suave you can be romantic women respond to all types of game mm -hmm. i think my game is just like being real like yo mm -hmm. this is who i am what's up how you doing what's up <laughs> and i think um confidence the the underlying factor in all that game whether you're funny whether you're quirky whether you're nerdy whether you're suave you're romantic there's an underlying like hey i'm comfortable in my own skin i'm mm. confident and this is my game. And some girls might love a funny guy, not so much. Right. Some girls might love a nerdy guy, not so much. So, but if you're just who you are and yourself, you're good. So, 
double down on who you are. Don't need to fake it. Mm -hmm. And just you're going to find a girl out there that responds to you. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no, I've always used comedy and charm and wit and humor in, in my life. And I think it started even even back then. Since then. Nice. And what about you in high school? Ooh. Did that travel on to the following years? Did you become a little bit more quiet as no. the crowd got older? Were you a little bit more outgoing? Yeah. Like, I don't how know. did what that route? So, high, so I, in, in high school, I get this... Uh, I, okay, there I am. Oh, my I God. Get, that I looks a, like... <laughs> I can see it. There it is. Now I'm seeing your face no, coming. I, I, um, now I'm seeing your face coming. I got an um, athletic scholarship to a school called Miami Country Day here in Miami. I was a public school kid, mm. K through 10, and then 10th grade, I transferred over to this private school. But uh, go back to that picture... I, you know, in business now, they say no matter what business you're in, mm -hmm. law, medicine, production, editing, graphic design, media, anything, sales, anything you're in, you're in the people business. Right. If you don't get along with people, the success is going to be very hard to do. People like doing business with people they like. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time. I'm not a materialistic person. I'm not a consumer. There's things that, um, that, that I just don't need these types of things. What I collect are friends. Mm. I was talking with a girl yesterday. She's like, I don't, I'm not friends with my friends from elementary school, middle mm. school, high school. Like, I, that's it. She's like, why are you always talking about all your friends from high school? I'm like, I'm still best friends with every kid from like my life. That's just, that's, that's my DNA. Mm. And it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. But that's always been my thing. So if you go back to that picture, though. Are you friends with anyone still? From oh, this yeah, for sure. My best friend, Adrian, I you know I him. him. I you see him. You see him. He's the, the brown back, dude. The back okay, the I'm still friends with a lot of people. That's George Schechter, Mark Comicwitch, Matt Cohen. You got Mikey Courtney. He's a scarecrow. Moises, <laughs> he's become a rabbi. That's my friend uh, Marco right behind me. Mm. DJ, massive DJ. Colleen, Lee, shout out, millionaire in New York. Laura, Kate. Like, yeah, these wow, are this, real these are my people. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I respect these kids. And this is a great school. But I was always class clown, making people laugh. And if, if you've ever transferred schools, mm -hmm. okay? So I did. I came in. I didn't know nobody. I didn't know nothing. I'm playing sports. You, could, you have one of two options. You be quiet. I don't know anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of new here. You kind of become a wallflower. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, attract my tribe. Mm. What well, was it? Jamie said that like your vibe attracts your tribe. What yes, was it? I think so. Um, maybe it was Amber and I just oh, attracted yeah. my tribe and, uh, I just, I'm a people person. That's it. And then my, my aunt who killed it in real estate and I didn't know what I want to do in my life. And I will talk about business. She said, you know, as a Jewish kid, you know, that it's, it's kind of like, you know, they, they preach education, they preach success, mm -hmm. they preach work ethic, they preach being a good person. She said, uh, if you're not going to be a lawyer, I said, I, I don't want to read all these lawyers. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're not going to be a doctor, I'm like, I don't mess with this blood stuff. Yeah. Well, that ain't for me. You're not going to be an engineer. I'm like, I'm the least technical person in the world. She's like, you got to get into sales. Mm. You got to learn how to sell. And selling as an extrovert can kind of come easy if you know your product. And that's it. That's always been my kind of gift. You know, they say the gift of gab, people, person, kind of people say, like, should you double down on your strengths or improve your weaknesses? Mm. That's a very interesting topic. Like, do you want to improve on things that you just completely are not good at? Mm. Or do you want to double down on your skill set? I believe 
double down on your strengths. Mm. Double, triple down on what you're good at. And then you can uh, outsource things you are not good at. So for me, I'm good at being on camera. I'm good at talking. I'm enjoy this. Like, this is fun for me. What I am not good is editing, doing what Jorge does, producing, videography, telly, right? Being a producer, editor, shredder. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather work with people and collaborate with people and outsource that type of skill set and double down on my strengths. And even in my financial job, which I'm sure we'll talk about, my gift is getting out there, communicating, talking to people, networking, Mm -hmm. shaking hands, kissing babies type of thing. And then back at my office, underwriters, licensing, Mm. compliance, what I call like the geek squad in the back. I'm like, listen, I don't know, that ain't my thing. Geek squad in the back will take care of that. So double down on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. That's what I learned. Now, I love that. And that was a really good uh, note for you gentlemen. But, you know, I know it's not all good and dandy in high school. Mm. You know, sometimes being loud and being the funny guy, you sometimes attract haters. Mm. So with that being said, did you ever have anyone significantly, significantly hate on you and if you did how did you address it did you were you the type to like physically fight someone did you approach them did you kind of just ignore them and just did your thing what how did you handle the adversity when it came to like being the guy that was the loud guy in the room there's always that hater that's like oh adam shut up you know yeah i think i think um i was never like a fighter like mm-hmm. i'm not like yo bro i'll fight you bro like mm-hmm. the but i remember i i did have one hater in particular mm. i remember this story. i kind of regret it but i kind of don't because this kid had it coming mm. um but it was my senior year and everyone was out and about and living it up and i was just you know you just graduated i was having fun out there and there was this one kid who was like a year or two younger than me i don't know this kid all that well mm-hmm. I think maybe I was talking to a girl that he kind of, it wasn't like I stole his girl, nothing like that. Right. And this just kid, I just, all I heard is like, yo, this kid is like talking mad shit about you. Like mad, like, I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, he says you're this, he says you're that. I'm like, who is this kid? Yeah. And it, it you know, those like, this is pre-social media. Right. So like, Thank God. I'm hearing this through like, yo, that dude, he's like, whatever. And, uh, and I was like, what's the deal with that? And then, he wasn't particularly big, strong, tough. I'm just like, is this even real? Yeah. And I remember like seeing him, because I, I think he was a year younger than me in school, I want to say. And I think I went back to school or something. I ran into him, but it was like in a school setting. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I don't think I was, I wasn't like, yo, what's up, bro? I was just like, yo, what's your deal? And he's like, fuck you, dog. Like all that. I'm like, what? I'm like, let me catch you outside of school one day, buddy. Yeah. And I, I vividly remember it was a house party. Crazy stuff going on. Cops are breaking it up. They're like, yo, that dude is here at the party. Oh. I'm like, where's he at? <laughs> They're like, oh, the cops breaking it up. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, I don't really know you that well. I kind of confronted you at school. You had an opportunity to, like, shake my hand, tell me it's all good. And you basically were like, fuck you. Yeah. So I see the kid. He's in a car. He's driving, whatever. You know, you know, like cops break up a high school party, like right. it's chaos. I see him in the car. He's he's like kind of like parked. I straight up. I went up to the car, opened the car door, his door, his door, opened it. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I just crank, no. crank, crank, crank. I just beat the piss out of this kid. 
just left him there in the driver's seat like and i all my friends were like dude what was that i was like don't talk shit if you're not gonna back it up buddy <laughs> i mean that was it so i don't know i i i, I and just do you regret that today now that i don't you think, I think about it? now that i'm telling that story hell no <laughs> 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 because he had it coming okay why are you t and this is the one thing i always say is that like now this is pre-social media right now these days it's so easy to be like yo you ain't shit bro fucking go kill yourself you're a fucking loser bro yeah it's like okay but say that in real life to somebody yeah and see what happens i always say that drake says like uh trigger fingers turn to twitter fingers mm. everybody's tough online yeah but like and you might be tough in real life mm -hmm. but talk shit to somebody who really doesn't like what you're saying so it's like you saw that the thing with mike tyson Yes, in the plane like the a year ago yes yes everyone wants to talk shit these days everyone oh mike tyson you ain't shit whatever 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 this dude is on a plane yes in a in a small capsule floating <laughs> in the sky and you're sitting behind the greatest knockout guy ever <laughs> and you want to run your yap and talk shit now you may or may not want to do that online cool mm -hmm. but now you're doing that in real life and you're six inches behind <laughs> a vicious vicious animal yeah if he needs to be that person yeah and the guy said one too many things to mike tyson Turn next around. thing you know just like the dude in the car <laughs> yeah. bang 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 it's like you bit off a little bit more than you can chew yeah. hey <laughs> so um i'm not a fighter i'm in in real life as you can see like even on pbd podcast i'm always like come on guys let's find common ground can we work this out it's not that right. serious like right. we're all americans we're all friends like but at some point you press the wrong dude to the wrong you go you, you want to come sideways at somebody you might yeah. um yeah. i think i think from i've even seen you kind of have a little uh not altercation but a disagreement when we have been out when we went to i think three points and that guy was like yelling in your face, like, you can't come here, you can't come through here. And you like kept it so calm, so cool, so collected. And we moved on and we figured our way and we got, you know, what we were, we were going. So I think even like maybe subconsciously that experience of you doing that hmm. has maybe, you know, altered the way you address adversity today. Yeah, I think, know? good point, Nat. I think, um, you know, I always reference the book that I read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it's, you know, you get more with honey than with vinegar, essentially. And then, you know, I always say things like, if I'm going to fight anybody at this point in my life, it's going to be someone I know very you well. Say that. Yeah. I'm not fighting random people. You step on my shoe in a club. I'm not being like, yo, bro, these are new shoes. Like, there's people out there like that. Yeah. And that's just not my MO. And what I always try to say is like, okay... You can come one of two angles with these people, whether it's a security guard, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a boss, whether it's a coworker, whatever. It's like for a second, I know it's hard, just put yourself in, the, in their shoes. Mm. And in that particular instance, he's like, hey man, this is an exit only, you can't come through. I'm thinking, all right, is this worth arguing with this guy over the exit? It's like, I could just take a walk around. Yeah. And I put myself in his shoes, this is his job. Right. I'm not going to fight this guy over some random bullshit. I said, you got it, buddy. And I just walked around. Yeah. And what did I do? We just walked in the yeah, other yeah, entrance and lived yeah. our life. Yeah. But you have to think like risk and reward. Okay, the reward in that situation was, all right, as annoying it is, I'll walk around this gate and it took me an extra minute. Yeah. Okay, the risk is 
Now you know I'm fighting a security guard at a festival, yeah. and who knows who's gonna roll up and and I, next thing you know I get stabbed. It's like yeah. this is, I I process everything with risk and reward. Like I'm going skiing this weekend. Right. Right. And I'm thinking, huh? I haven't skied in ten years. I don't see myself being that dude that's like, I'm a skier now. And yeah, I go to Aspen every winter. And like, <laughs> where do you winter? Oh, Aspen, of course, because yeah. I have friends that do that. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's, it's like, what's the risk? Or what's the reward? I have a nice time on the mountain, and I get a good photo. What's the risk? A fucking broken neck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm good. I need you, Sas. I'm good. <laughs> don't do it. So that risk, stuff. reward it. Mm. What other pictures do we have from high school, by the way? Yeah, do we have... Oh, okay. oh, you graduated. I did. All right, yeah. everybody. Despite contrary <laughs> belief out there, you graduated. I graduated from high school. That's Miami <laughs> Country Day. Funny thing about this, talk about being a class clown. I get my graduation, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> I look at the guy next to you. He's like, this freaking he's like, guy. He's like, get right? this guy out of this school immediately. <laughs> immediately. The headmaster right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always That's felt so that funny. word to be interesting. He's the headmaster. Okay, player. Um, I love that. <laughs> I know a girl that we call the headmaster, but <laughs> she don't teach school, if you know what I'm saying. She uh, don't work at a, <laughs> in a high school environment. But I remember taking my diploma. You're done. Like, you yeah. graduated. You're out. Yeah. I got out there. I was like, fuck yeah. I went. I did like a jumped off the stage split. Like, whoa, jumped up. You're that guy. I'm out. I'm that dude. <laughs> and that was it for me. But nice. I, 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 um, back to the point that I was making about the conversation I was having with the girl yesterday. She's like, why do you always talk about your friends from high school? It's like, because I'm still friends with them to this day. Right. I, like, to this day. Like, you've come out with me. Hey, yeah. what up, Saz? Hey, what up? Like, Years I grew up in that. Miami. I've lived in Miami. I still hang out in Miami. It's like, I'm naturally going to run into friends I know. Right. And, uh, you know, the... Again, but no matter what business you're in, whatever, like, like relationships and people are the most important things in life. Mm -hmm. People get so consumed with what kind of car you drive, where you live in, what kind of watch you got, what clothes you got, right. where you vacationing. It's like, just, just give me people that I love and I care about and that I genuinely enjoy kicking it with, laughing with, yeah. bonding with. That's the, like, the best thing in life. Right. The best thing in life. So that, that's me. I have great memories of, uh, of, uh, of all my adolescence. Yeah. And thank you for taking me back to high school, yeah. Matt. Well, of course, after high school has to come college, <laughs> right? So I know we have a few pictures of Sauce when he was more in his college days. And, mm -hmm. you know, where were you at this point? So you graduated, right, uh, college. Yeah. I mean, high school. And now Gradu you're headed to college. Yeah. So where's your mind at now? You're essentially free. Yeah. Right. So, what direction were you kind of looking Scroll to go? Scroll in a little bit here. I'm in the way back. Where are you? I'm center, 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 top. center, top. There I am. Oh my God. Yeah, you see me? Look yeah. At you, Wide receiver. <laughs> Wide receiver. My my um, man. These were good dudes here. Wow. You got Tommy. He's the quarterback. My boy Joel, Humberto, DB, John Garcia, fullback. Uh, Walsh up there, linebacker. He's a tight end. Rob, these are these are my homies. I did one year of college. I so here here was my story. I was I liked basketball a lot better. I was really good at basketball. That's actually why I went to this private school. But out of nowhere, senior year of football, I just blew up. Hmm. Like I led the county in receptions, catches, and I just like out of nowhere went from like a pretty good player to like the MVP. Wow. I don't know. I was always like a five foot nine quick kid and then senior year i'm six foot 185 i put on some muscle i put on some mass and i got a um scholarship to mm -hmm. to college i played college football and 
Hated it. Really? <laughs> it was not where I wanted to be. And um, what was the? I did thing one year it? of uh, of college in North Carolina. Played football, Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, it just was like you go from Miami, Florida. So Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. Boy, there's a little bit of difference out here. <laughs> I'll tell you one funny story. So, so we go to college. You, you can bring that, bring that picture back up, Deli. So there's, these guys are all Latin guys. There's a bunch of black guys. Scroll in right there just to me, to my face. Uh, I don't know why there's no black guys in this photo. But there were black guys on the team, I promise <laughs> you. It's a football team. Hello. Go back to this guy. Yeah, scroll in on my face. See that guy right there? 35? The or? only Jew on the team. Me. Oh. Talking about me. <laughs> the only Jew on the team. So I'm the only Jew on the team in Greensboro, North Carolina football team. And in like the third or fourth week of the season, it's the, the high holidays in, in, the, in Judaism. It's called Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Okay. So you've heard of Yom Kippur? Shout yes. out to my Jews out there. Mm -hmm. So on Yom Kippur, I go up to the head coach, Coach Kirby, and I said, and I don't know if you know about Yom Kippur, you're, you have to fast for 24 hours. You oh, can't yeah. eat, you can't drink. That's like what Jews do. Mm -hmm. To this day, it's not my thing anymore. But at this time, I, when I was 18 years old, 19 years old. I was still kind of being a good boy. A mensch is what we call it in the, the Jewish community. <laughs> and I go up to the coach and I said, hey, coach, uh, I can't practice today because it's Yom Kippur. And the coach goes, uh, a Yom what? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's Yom Kippur. It's Yom Kippur. The hell are you talking about, boy? Like, if you ever saw Varsity Blues, John Voight's character, like the old man, the old coach, he's been around forever. He's 80 years old. He's like, boy, I've been coaching for 75 years. To this, to my life of me, I've never heard about no Yom Kippur. Boy, get out there. Give me a lap. Don't talk. Don't waste my time. I'm like, yeah, uh, I would love to give you a lap right now. I'm not practicing today because I can't eat or drink and I'm running on empty right now. Yeah. I'm just here out of respect to let you know that I can't practice on Yom Kippur. He said, boy, get out there and pick up the trash. I was like, uh, really? He's like, trash. Now, take that for Yom Kippur. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, all right. I go, hey, coach, how many Jews have you coached? He goes, you're Jewish? I go, yeah. He's like, you're the first. <laughs> I go, all right, I'm transferring back to Florida. I'm out, okay? That's so funny. So that was it. So I, I, I did one year. Mm -hmm. I ended up not playing. The, I played the whole season, played football. It was, it was all right, whatever. Uh, transferred to Florida State, walked on to uh, the football team. They're like, hey, I got good news and bad news for you. I was like, all right, what's the, what's the good news and bad news? The good news is you can be on the practice squad. Mm. I said, oh, cool, Florida State. Football, you know, yeah. they go, I go, what's the bad news is uh, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you for the next three, four years. And maybe by the time you're a senior, you may see the field, Rudy. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and I looked over here to my right. It was just hot chicks, fraternities, keg parties. And I was like, coach, <laughs> I'll see you at the keg party, buddy. I'm out. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think... Um, Florida State, it was like, if I, if for anyone that's been to like big public colleges, mm -hmm. I don't know how it is now. This is freaking 20 years ago. It was like hot chicks, fist fights, and beer. Not necessarily in that order. It's usually like beer, yeah. fist fights, hot chicks, chicks yeah. right? And 
there in college there was always two types of guys from what i remember it was at the end of the night mm -hmm. there was the dude that was trying to get laid and take the, home one of the hot chicks right and then the other dudes were just looking for a fist fight and whether you like it or not this is kind of like what understanding social dynamics are interpersonal skills you could be a pacifist mm. and you're still going to get in a fist fight so you got to learn how to like defend yourself who to run your mouth to who not to run your mouth to right. who you you know even if you get your ass whooped it's better than just like backing down being a coward oh i've got my ass whooped plenty of times i've whooped people's ass plenty of times like mm. college like Fist fights galore. Since then, South Beach, zero fist fights. Whoa. So what I, you know, it's funny. I said this to Ricky Aguilar. If you know Ricky, yeah. big dude, massive. Right. And I remember we got into an argument. And we're fr like friendly arguments, yeah. right? And he's like. Was this on PBD? No. The, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. I said, uh, he goes, yo, bro, I don't think you understand. I would whoop your ass. <laughs> and I said, uh, here's what you need to know about me, buddy. I've had my ass whooped many a times. <laughs> and I'm sure you would whoop my ass. You are six foot, 250. You're a big dude. Yeah. Uh, here's the difference. I've had my ass whooped many a times. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so you whoop my ass, all good. I'll see you on the next podcast. And I just think, like, catching an ass whooping ain't as bad as it seems. Mm. Black eye, headache, you know, whatever. Where it gets bad is when people pull out you know, those yeah, types of things. Agreed. So getting in a fight, it's actually good for you, Keeps I you think. Stronger. It makes you a little A stronger. black eye, a crooked this, a, you know, you can put back a tooth, no problem. You can't put back, you know, your ego. Yes. And confidence. After so, that. Ricky. Teaching lessons. I do not want to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at Florida State. Do you have that other picture? There I am. Right. Comedian, athlete, confidence. Mm -hmm. There's this girl so that you're pops missing. up. Yeah, I was going to say, now you're missing uh, your ladies. This girl comes up, and people. this girl was six-foot, blonde, gorgeous, yeah, Naomi, sexy. Like That's actually like a very bad photo of her. She was dime piece. I wish I had more photos. Yeah. People come up to me, they're like, yo, you know that girl Naomi? She's like, she's talking about you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right, you can, uh, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. They said, uh, yeah, like she kind of, she likes you, she's into you. I'm like, I'm like she was so hot that I was like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Like, people would be like, oh, this girl Naomi, she's a freshman, she's this, that, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I don't believe you. You know how they say, like, women want what they can't have? Yes. She thought that I was just, like, Whatever. dissing her. Oh. Like, oh, yeah, I don't care if she likes me. I was legit scared, like, intimidated to even go talk to her. Was this the first girl you felt like that? Too? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, high school, right. a little bit. Of, you but this know, was like, the first one you had. No, like, this is experience. Florida State, mm. six foot, gorgeous, model blonde chick hollering at me. And I'm like, oh my God, what? Like, <laughs> and when I tell you she could have any dude she wanted, like mm -hmm. any girl, I mean, hot chicks can pick a dude. Right. She came up to me at a party and she's like, so you don't like me? I'm like, uh, why, why would you say that? She's like, because I, I, pretty much put vibes out there that I want to like talk to you and you've like been avoiding me. And I'm like scared of shit inside. Yeah. And here's a lesson for you guys out there. I'm like, look, you know, I just, I've been kind of busy, a lot of class, a lot of, a lot of other classes. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of scholastics. I don't even go here. And then like, I don't even go to school here. <laughs> I don't even work here. And, uh, 
we end up dating for like three years and uh it, it was cool i i think i think people should have kind of like a i think dudes should have like a college girlfriend mm. and like just you know just hook up with as many girls as you can in college like mm -hmm. for the record go ahead and do that but i feel like at some point you gotta like understand how relationships work and i think college even if it lasts six months a year whatever you have to really understand what it's like dealing with a woman yeah. and dealing with a very pretty woman and what i've learned is the prettier the woman the more attention she gets mm. the more that her ego is inflated the more attention she gets and everything now starts to be based on her looks mm. so pretty women they kind of run the world in, a, in an essence but they also have the most fragile egos a lot of them have very low self-confidence mm. which seems kind of backwards because they're so gorgeous mm -hmm. because what you see when a woman walks out there is her 10 Right? right? But when she goes home, lets the hair down, takes off the high heels, the makeup, fresh face, whatever, right. titties, you know, they, you know, she might just be an eight. Mm. But out there, so women kind of put on a facade. And what I've realized is that the hotter the chick, the more uh, issues she kind of has. Mm. But it's your job as a man to be like, listen, I don't care if you're an eight, mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a 10. I like what you got going on. Mm. And you feed and you pour into their self-confidence. The last thing you want to do is have a girl who's like not confident. Like yeah. th that might help you like attain them, mm. but you don't want to have a girl that's just like not, con you want to like pour into them a little bit. Right. So I think that's what I did with that girl. We were three years, it was amazing, it was college. After college we broke up, it was mm -hmm. all good. But I think that was a major lesson in life. By the way, that girl was so hot in college that for years after college, mm -hmm. girls would come up to me and be like, are you that dude that used to date Naomi? Wow. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Oh. And they're like, oh, okay. What's your deal? Oh. Like, how did you get her? Yeah. Because she was like just known as a, like the hottest chick. Right. And uh, let's just say that like uh, that helped me for many years after that. Uh, mm. Meet new friends. So would you say after that girlfriend, that's when like the real Adam kind of exploded, like the Miami Adam? Would yeah. You say after that relationship, you moved into kind of like Miami Adam, yeah. comedy, you know, partying. Is that ending that relationship opened that door for you? I think the number one thing a man can have is confidence. The number one thing. Yeah. The number one thing. For sports, when I was a freshman, uh, sophomore, I was like on the varsity team, didn't get a lot of playing time. My skills were there, my confidence was low. Mm -hmm. By the time I started getting uh, experience in the game, by senior year, I'm the captain of the football team, all county, like football scholarship. Mm. Same thing with women. But now you, you, you're kind of out there, you're, you know, you're getting a little action, whatever. Now you get like a really hot girl. Mm -hmm. And now she's your girl. And now you're with her. And now it's like, oh shit, like I got some confidence. And, Confidence translates beyond the football field, beyond dating, beyond business to life. Right. And no, I don't care if you're five foot six, if you're fat, if you're bald, if you're a fucking goofball, mm -hmm. if you're funny, if you're sad, whatever it is. If you have confidence as a dude and you look in the mirror and you like what you see, the world's your oyster. Yeah. So there's plenty of dudes out there that 
are lacking in certain areas, whether it's money, whether it's looks, whether it's just network, everything. But yeah. if you've got some confidence yeah. and you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't care what the world throws at me, I'm gonna go get that thing today. I think confidence is is like the underlying factor of why men succeed in so. life, in business, and in w with women. Yeah, it's true. A woman can feel a man's insecurity. Mm. A woman doesn't have to hear him talk about his insecurity. You can see it by the way he walks, the way he talks, the things he carries. Mm. You can visually see that. And we kind of talked about this last episode. You know, women, they read more of energy. We just Ooh. read Energy Bus um, here at Valuetainment. And that was a great book because it talked about the people around you, who you want on your bus. Um, so I think, like you said, confidence, it's a, it's a very attractive thing that men can bring and it's not something physical yeah. you know it's something that it's like an underlying trait that you yeah. have to have um, i know so. guys who are five foot seven hundred and nothing got no money and they just got this undeniable confidence yeah and i know guys who are six foot three got money got whatever and they just like there's they don't have that oomph. Yes. And you feel it. Yeah, you can. F it's like lack of security. That's yeah. what it feels like as a woman. You're like, okay, this guy obviously doesn't feel good about himself. Why would I trust him to handle anything mm. with me? Because he can't even feel good about himself. Wow. So that's a super, super yeah. important thing. I think if anything, like to all you guys out there watching, you know, look in the mirror and just figure out, like, how do you feel about yourself? Mm. You know, there's been days where I look in the mirror and I'm just like, you again? You? <laughs> You're I gotta deal with you again? <laughs> no, there's those days, right? Right. But overall, if you don't look in the mirror and like what you see, mm -hmm. fix it. Go fix it. Mm -hmm. Figure out what you want to be in life. Like, we talked about this with Jay Waller the other day. For, you know, I'm six foot, I'm in shape, I've got money, I've got, you know, I've got right. network, I've got confidence, I've got things. But for, at the same time, I could be 40 pounds heavier. Right. I could be a million dollars broker. Mm -hmm. I could have not as much friends as that. There's a different version of yourself right. that if you didn't go to outwork, out strategize, out improve, outlast, and just keep your keep things going, mm -hmm. there's a worse version of you out there. And if the, you look in the mirror and you see the worst version of yourself, go improve and become the best version of yourself. Yeah. That's the thing with the dude out there is that you have the ability to carve your own path in life. Mm. This is what I love about America. It's like, there's nothing weighing you down. There's no excuses. Fuck the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. For every excuse you have, there's someone way worse than you. Yeah. Go grab your fucking slice of land in life and create what you want. Mm. So I, I just, I think that's like the essence of what I think the message here on Sazcast is, is just yes. like, Go become the man you want to become. Mm. Whether that's money, whether that's with women, whether it's a life that's creating a family, right. all the above. Go get it. Mm. That's it. Yeah, go get it. And would you say, so now I kind of want to transition into the beginning of Miami Sauce Man. Mm. You know, you broke up with this girl, you know, you're kind of way more confident. You've had some life experiences. You played the sports. Mm -hmm. You've had experience with ladies. Now you're coming into... Miami Adam. Mm. There we go. Hey That's that Miami Adam, right? What pictures do we have in this uh, pi in, this in this Miami thing? Yeah, so this, okay. right? So we Those have are my homies. This yeah. experience here. Okay. So tell me Part a little bit about this keep Adam. Keep going. Let me just see what else we got here. Let me see what Let's we got see. here. Okay. Hey, I know her. I know me. Okay. <laughs> There's yeah, that Miami there? Adam. Okay. Start right, stay right there. Okay. And then we can kind of go through those photos. So after college... Mm -hmm. 
uh, my first job out of college, I worked for iHeartMedia. It was called Clear Channel at the time, iHeartMedia. Mm-hmm. They said I got hired as a sales guy and an on-air talent. Mm. And they said, if you can sell air, you could sell anything. <laughs> and I was just selling air, airtime. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I was doing, like, voiceovers and just, like, random BS, like, commercials. Yeah. I would just do stuff like that. And uh, it was a cool job for a little bit. And then I, my buddy, Adrian, he calls me up one day and he goes... Uh, he actually got, um, he was a TV correspondent. He said, um, yo, bro, do you want to move to Denver? I said, what? He goes, yeah, I just got a job. I'm working for a media conglomerate out here. You want to move to Denver? I said, yeah, all right, what's the catch? He goes, the catch is you got to start doing stand-up comedy. There's mm. a comedy club right downstairs where we're living. Come move out here, give it a shot, and let's see what you got. And um, I said, okay. Let's do it. So I went there. I, I didn't know where to start. And I went to, like, it was like a comedy writing class. Mm-hmm. I was 23 years old, 24 years old. And uh, I went on the, to the first comedy class. I'll never forget. The guy who taught the class name was Tommy. Mm-hmm. Tommy. And he goes, all right, let me see what you got. And I go, all right, well, here's what I got. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, this is my first class ever. He goes, mm. what? He goes, you're going on tonight. I said, what? Well, he goes, he's like, you don't need this class. You're good. You got it. Yeah. Get on there. Do your thing. So I went on. I did my first two minutes. For anybody that's ever done stand-up comedy, you get two minutes. Mm. I did great. I was amazing. I was like, oh, I want more of this. Mm. So go back to that picture. I got a job. I went. It's called Comedy Works in Denver. For anybody out there in Denver, anybody that's big in the comedy world, uh, I got a job. I got fired after my first day. I actually lost money. Mm. So you have to go buy the uniform. This con- you have to buy a, a shirt, an apron. Like you gotta like, you have to pay money. Wow. And on my first day of work, I got yelled at four times. My job was a busboy. Oh. I'm there cleaning up the thing, and Wanda Sykes was performing. You know, you know, Fluffy Gabriel Iglesias. He's like, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy. Oh, yes. Like, this is all going on, like, oh, and I'm wow. like mesmerized. I'm just watching the show. They're yeah. like, stop watching the show, buddy. Clean the tables. I was like, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and then I would like go hide in the corner. I'd be like, you know, watching the show. They're like, buddy, done with the show. Take out the garbage. Wow. So I, by the fourth time I get yelled at, they're like, at the show is over. They're like, yeah, you're fired. And you owe us money for your uniform. And so my first job, I actually owed them money. Mm. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I just want to be here to watch the comedians. They're like, then just tell us that. Yeah. You sit in the back of the room with the rest of the comedians. You have to fucking get a job here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that's how this thing works? Yeah. And that was the beginning of my stand-up comedy career. And then I did that for a little while. I moved back to Miami. And I say this all the time, is that in your life, you need to specialize in something. Mm. Okay? You know, they say that the riches are in the niches. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. So if you go to these photos that I was... I was a jack of all trades. I was a stand-up comedian. I was a nightlife dude, party boy. Here's me partying my boys. Aww. Other photos. Here's me partying with uh, Deli. Keep it moving, buddy. Um, okay, I'm out in clubs, partying with chicks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. Um, oh, there's other photos. Uh, yeah, on the boat. Yeah, I was just a jack of all trades, master of none. My job was just to have a good time, party, tell jokes, and just live it up. Mm. And uh, that's great for good times, but that's, that will lead you to being broke as shit. Mm. I always say I got paid in drink tickets and in drinks at clubs, and uh, 
hot chicks, but I had no money in my life. So that did so that didn't affect how you got girls then. Money wasn't I just a think I think when you're time. young, when you're 23, 24, 25, I don't think girls expect you to have a ton of money. I, I just don't think that's a major expectation. I think today a lot of girls do expect guys to have a lot of money, but I I think it comes from media. Mm-hmm. You can flex on the media. You yes. kind of had this time where media wasn't a thing. No. So, like, there was no proof of, oh, you know, I saw on Instagram he drives this or he's around these people. It was more so, like, you really relied on, like, what you gave to people, your mm-hmm. confidence, the information, how you carried yourself, your resources. So I think also you kind of came up in a time where you had to rely on yourself yeah. to really show who you are, not so much who you portray yourself. Well, I think you bring up a great point. What has changed in the last 10 years, yeah. okay? The, the concept of being a 22-year-old who's made a million dollars was such an anomaly. Yeah. Such an anomaly 10 years ago, mm-hmm. pre-social media, pre-crypto, okay? Pre-drop shipping. Like, the great equalizer has been social media. For good or for bad, social media has leveled the playing field that no, you could be an 18-year-old YouTuber kid yeah. and make a million dollars. Mr. Beast is worth a billion dollars. What yeah. is he, 24? Yeah. So back in the day, you kind of had to pay your dues. You had to climb the corporate ladder. You had to get a profession. You got to get a skill set. You got to get a doctorate. You got to become a lawyer. By the time you're 25, you're 27, 28, 30, now you're starting to make money. Mm-hmm. Now... Yesterday, I hung out with our friend Caleb. Caleb's yeah. 22. He's a millionaire. He's a YouTube automation expert. Mm. Okay, so these days, there's no excuses for success. So a lot of people want to talk shit about social media, but you could be 24 and a multimillionaire, or you could be 24 and a broke boy these days. Mm. But um, work ethic, hustle, I think is important no matter your age. But yeah, back then... There were no 24-year-old millionaires. 22. Right. Go back to that photo on the boat. The only 20-year-old millionaire I knew was my buddy Humphreys, Chris Humphreys, played yes. in the NBA. We all know this guy. Yeah. Okay. At 19, he made it to the NBA. It's one of my good buddies when I used to play basketball with him. He was a multimillionaire. So I didn't actually have to have money because homie right here was paying for everything. Mm. He's paying for the boat. The girls were like kind of into that. Yeah. But no, the few and far between um, were good, though. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a big difference between back then and today is uh, there's no barrier to entry these days. If you've got something you want to do, there's something you got to say, boom, you're live. You're right. fucking live streaming on YouTube. Right. Go get it. So now my question becomes, okay, you know, you essentially have it all, right? The ladies, the parties, the fun, the friends, everything. I don't know about having it all. I got Except no money. Money. Yeah. That's what I was coming to. No worries. Yeah. Save that money. Save that money. Now, what was the switch for you? Like, did you wake up one day and realize, like, oh crap, like I need to change my life today? Or was there a, a trauma in your life where you're like, I have no money. I can't let this happen again. You know, what was that turning point for you? Was it, you know, your friend Chris? Did something happen where he was like, bro, you got to get it together. Like, yeah. you're a freaking loser. I need you to be better. <laughs> what was that switch no, for I don't, you? I, don't, I, I, I was in the nightlife world, and I don't think, you know, you get free drinks, free clothes. That's the people. Uh, dudes like that are like, great, thanks. So you're a awesome fun, you know, as long right. as you don't have to pay your bills. I think what happened to me, as far as the switch that went off, is... When you see people not as talented as you or not as smart as you Mm. or not as ambitious as you 
or maybe they are more ambitious than you and they're just working harder than you, but you know that you can run circles around them mm. and they succeed. And you're looking at them, you're like, so this one buddy of mine, he says, yeah, I made a uh, 70 grand this month. I said, what? And you're talking about somebody that's never made more than 20 grand in their life by age 25. Wow. Okay, 20 grand in a year. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I made 70 grand on this real estate deal. I said, you made what? Like, you know, that famous scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street is like, you, you made 70 grand this month? He's like, yeah. He's like, you show me a paycheck right now for 70 grand. I quit my job. I work for you. Oh, yeah. That's essentially literally what I did. I was like, hold on, what? Mm. You made 70? I'm like, I need to reassess my life. Right. Because in one paycheck, the thought of getting 70 grand was mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. Yeah. At 24, 20, I was probably 25 at this point. But even in that time, to make that amount of money. Well, I mean, what do you mean at that time? This well, is, I mean. This is 2005. Relax. I know, but okay. still, this is not where, this like, is not today, today, where you can do a viral video. 1887 and Rockefeller. But made. today, you have a few viral videos, and all of a sudden, sponsors hit you up, and then your life changes like that. Yeah. You know? Like, this is a time where you really had to put in that work. You had yeah. to put yourself out there. And, like, I feel like it was a lot harder to reach certain things back then. So what happened to me was this buddy of mine made a bunch of money and like everyone has an aha moment in their life. And I just remember like waking up, hung over, hearing this and I was like, I gotta make a change in my life. Like Michael Jackson, like man in the mirror, like I time to make a change. Were you home? Were you on the I don't remember where it was exactly, but I remember being like, dude, if this guy made 70 grand, I gotta get this shit together. Mm. And I remember I had two different opportunities. And one opportunity was easier. It was in Miami. It was with a guy I knew. And it was kind of like an easier route. I would work with him. But this guy didn't have a lot of credibility. Mm. But he's like, oh, you come work for me. We're going to make some money. Da, da, da. And I was like, OK, cool. The other one was a lot harder to do. It was in Boca. Mm -hmm. It was a financial firm. They told me you're not going to make any money for a year if you stick it out. Mm. There's the opportunity to make six figures beyond. But you need to be in the office every single day, and you're going to likely have to move to Boca, mm. and which is like an hour outside of Miami. And I was faced with the decision, as you all are, you know that sometimes the easy route is not the best route to take. Right. And I remember talking with a buddy of mine, and I was like, here's where I'm at. And he goes, get the fuck out of here, dude. Move out of here. Get out of Miami. Mm. Just like clean it up. Get it together move up to Boca. Um, and I'm so happy that I did that because 17 years later, mm. I'm the VP of sales of a major fund up here in Boca wow. that I started off as a cold caller, made no money my first year, zero money. I think I made five grand my first year. My sex, second year, I made 100 grand. Mm. And it's been, it's been amazing ever since. And you were living where at the time? I was living in Miami and I had to move up to, uh, okay. to Boca. Mm. But yeah. if you were making... If you were doing the cold calling and you weren't making much, were you still able to pay your bills? Oh, no, I, I, I was um, crashing on friends' couches. Wow. Uh, a buddy of mine had a, had a, an apartment with like a, it was just like a, like a couch in the backyard type of a thing. Wow. I was like, yeah, all right, buckle down, you know? And it was just like, uh, it wasn't a glamorous life, mm -hmm. but I always say this, like, how does one end up homeless? Yeah. Okay, do you not have friends? Do you not have family? Like, have you exhausted all your options? So luckily happens. for me, it's like, have you burnt all your bridges? I don't know what happens. Like, luckily for me, I always, no matter how broke I was, I always had a, 
a friend's house to crash on, like mm -hmm. an extra bedroom, family there for me. Uh, I think the you know, support system is big for, for anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think the message there is like, sometimes you gotta take two steps backwards to take 10 steps forwards. Mm -hmm. And I was busting my ass, cold calling for a year. I didn't know shit, I just put in the work. And you know, 12, 18 months later, I made 100 grand, first time in my life. Mm -hmm. I and then I started, I was that guy, I, talk, I talked about doubling down on your skill set. Right. They said, listen, you have two options. You're the guy that goes out there and networks and goes to meetings and meets people, or you stay in the office and you grind and you kind of be that guy, internal sales guy. Mm. I said, get me out there, buddy. I'm a nightlife guy. I'm an athlete. I'm mm. competitive. I'm a networker. Put me in there, coach. Yeah. And uh, I think we got some pictures here. I would, I would be that guy that I would go and I would, oh. I would go to meetings and keep, let's see what else we got. Yeah. All right. Wow. Keep going. Yeah, I would go to meetings. I'd put on a suit. <laughs> wow. There we go. Look at Suave. Look at Sauce. Okay, man. I'm probably like 30 years old at this time, I yeah. want to say. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm playing the game. Yeah. I, I, I went out there and I was making something for myself and I became an expert. You can get out of there. I became an expert at, um, at what I did. And uh, yeah, 17 years later, I'm still running that. So I'll tell you a story because there was that picture right there. Mm -hmm. So it's 2008. Mm. I, 2006, 2007, I made five grand. In a Two, month? No, year. Oh, Like a broke year. boy. Oh, oh, 2008. Oh. Uh, I've never. <laughs> I was like, I don't yeah, know that no, sounds good. A year. <laughs> yeah, Not, yeah, no yeah. money. I was like, a month, a No month. money. I am, I am struggling <laughs> to get by. Yeah. And, um. The world collapses. It's 2008, mm -hmm. recession. I just made my first 100 grand, mm. okay? And it was like, how did this just happen? Well, yeah. I did it because I busted my ass and I ate shit and made cold calls for a year straight and good things will happen. It's kind of like you plant the seeds, you reap the, uh, the benefits of the fruit, the tree. Did you cut out the nightlife one you did that? Yeah, How a little bit. Yeah, I cut out the nightlife for a solid year. Was that year. hard? Was that like a habit yeah, you had I, to Yeah, no, break? I knew that. I said when I move out of Miami mm. and get out of the nightlife game, I got to buckle down and I do this. So my buddy calls me and he goes, yo, just got fired from United Airlines. Uh, I'm moving back to, he was living, I think, in like D.C. or Washington at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, just got fired. Um, but uh, I, uh, can I crash with you? At this point, I have a real apartment. I, can oh. I crash with you? I said, yeah, sure, bro. Like my homie, he, I crashed with him mm -hmm. a few years prior. He goes, uh, part of my compensation package is I get two free first class tickets to anywhere I want in the world. Oh. He goes, the only catch is... I have these two tickets. I have no money. I go, oh, I have money now. <laughs> I have, I just made a hundred grand. I have money for the first time in my life. Yeah. And we're like, all right, like I have money. You have the tickets. Let's go somewhere. Mm -hmm. My homie. All right. Where are we going? All right. We want to go to Europe. Well, no, it's December. It's freezing. Mm. We want to go to South Africa. I don't do you know anybody there. How about Australia? Oh, I have a buddy in Australia. Fuck it. Let's go to Australia. Me and this dude get on a first class flight mm. from Miami. I think we stopped in LA, LA to Sydney, 15 hours. We're back, you know, first wow. class, champagne, doing the whole thing. We land in Australia, 
And I think we have a picture of when I was in Australia. That's me and the homie. Wow. That's, that's Rue a, the kangaroo. That's a real animal. Yeah, it's a real kangaroo. And that here, scrolling that, it's me and my dude oh my hanging God. out with kangaroos. That's the first time I left uh, the country. Well, I've been to Mexico one time before that, but yeah. Mexico and Canada, I don't think really count leaving the country. I'm in Australia hanging yeah. out with kangaroos. That's my boy uh, Ferelli right there. Mm. And what an awesome experience getting like a little... Uh, flavor of what's like on the other okay. side of the world, a little back down under. Yeah. Right? And uh, the entire trip, this is so cliche, but I was just playing the song, I come from a land down under, just the whole time. And I was like, yeah. I'm in Australia. <laughs> like, just think about how amazing it is where we, the time we live in right now. Mm -hmm. No other time in history could you do this. Yeah, I feel like going to Australia. Other than since air flight has uh, been a thing, right. you'd have to get on a boat for three years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and next thing you know, if you're lucky, you make it to Australia. Yeah. Next thing you know, 15 hours later, I'm there, first class Australia. Wow. And I, I never take that for good. People that complain on flights, it's something that it, like the kind of it's like, all right, so your flight from Miami to, to L.A. got delayed two hours. Yeah. What's your fucking alternative, buddy? Yeah. You want to go drive to L.A.? You want to get on a horseback and spend four years of your life Miami yeah. to L.A.? It's yeah. like your flight got delayed a little bit. You're floating in a magic carpet in the sky with Wi-Fi watching a movie. And champagne. Take it down a notch, okay? Yeah. Stop complaining. Like, people are getting on fist fights. Oh, put your uh. mask on. It's like... Just appreciate that you can be anywhere you want in the world within 24 hours, just like that. Mm -hmm. And I always, like, just appreciate that gratitude. So, Australia, what? Yeah. Who am I? How did I end up to Australia? Now, I have a question for you, you know, because you said that you went from making no money to making $100,000, yeah. right? And then, you know, you started to do the traveling. Did you, were you more frugal with your money because you never had money? Or were you kind of always very mindful of what you spent? You know, what went in, what went out? Or were you kind of more, like, reserved on holding mm. your money? Uh, well, I'll tell you a story yeah. about money oh. and how money works. I like when you talk so, money. So <laughs> you're talking about somebody that had no money. Yes. You're talking about somebody that even go to their high school prom because their dad wouldn't give them 150 bucks for a tuxedo and, like, the limo. Wow. So, like, I did not have the opportunity to have money. There was no life of luxury for me. Mm -hmm. I the most luxury I had was free drinks at clubs, yeah. like free bottles at clubs. <laughs> but um, so there I am, I go from making next to nothing and I have made my first hundred grand. And since then I've obviously done well for myself, made more than that. But I'll never forget, I made that hundred grand in the midst of an absolute world economic crisis, 2008 financial crisis, the Great Recession. Right. And all around me, I'm seeing companies that we were doing business with, Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, right. mortgage companies, all go okay. out of business. I'm seeing people that I do, people that I work for at my firm, selling their luxury vehicles to downsize. Mm. And here I am for the first time in my life with money in the bank. The last thing I'm doing is blowing a check. Right. I'm like, save that money. That's where the whole save that money mentality wow. really became a thing. Because you can't save that money if you don't have any money. So for the first time in my life, I had money and the world is melting around me. Mm. So at that point, I'm like, okay, you know, income, good. Expenses, 
keep that shit tight. Mm. Save that money. So, no, to answer your question, I was, there's a difference between frugal and cheap. Okay. Cheap is like, oh, I won't spend an extra dollar on a, on a larger coffee. That It's like, dude, it's a dollar. Relax. Yeah. Frugal is like, okay, all right. Uh, if I'm going to travel somewhere, mm-hmm. okay, and it's, all right, it's 200 bucks for a one-way ticket somewhere, but it's $1,000 for a first-class flight. I've got money. Life's good. Is it really worth $800 more to sit like six rows further mm-hmm. in a bigger seat? Yeah. Eh, not so much. So like frugal is like you're smart with your money. You know where to spend it. You know where not to spend it, even if you have it. Mm-hmm. Cheap is like, eh, bro, you can't spend the extra dollar. You can't mm-hmm. tip an extra 20 bucks. Like cheap's not a good look for somebody. Mm-hmm. Frugal just means you're kind of savvy with your money and you can allocate it into places that will get better returns for mm. you. And that's how I kind of process money, is that uh, frugal's fine, mm-hmm. cheap is not a good look for a mm. dude. Well, now that kind of leads me into my next question before we move on to the next phase of your life. Because you came from not a family where they provided you know, things like going to prom, you know? Like yeah. for me, like I was very fortunate where like I could go to prom. You I came from dress, that good family, girl. You know, but, but I was yeah. also raised in a time where I saw their come up. You know, things were taken care of. I never had to worry about, like, if I'm going to eat today or anything. And that's, I'm super blessed for that. But I also saw the phases that my parents went through 2008 to today. You know, yeah. that's a different lifestyle, a different come up. So my question to you now is, because you've seen both aspects um, of that spectrum, when you have kids, do you think you'll li- be a little bit more on the side of, I'm not going to... I guess, give you as much because there's value in learning and Mm -hmm. doing it yourself? Or would you say that because you have the resources now, you kind of help your children or your future family um, with those resources a little bit Mm -hmm. more rather than, you know, you did when you grew up? I'll tell you what, you know, money, the thing about money is money, when 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 you have it, all it does is reveal who you really are inside. If you're a piece of shit and you have money, you're just a piece of shit with money. If you're a good-hearted person and you have money, you're now you're just a nice person with money. So for me, uh, speaking about having kids, when I was a kid, I inherited my mom's jalopy. What is that? Like a shitty car. It was a oh. it was Honda Accord, the color of rust. And you're talking about a kid that was a public school kid that if I went to public school in that car, I still would have been made fun of, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Now I go to private school, like the richest private school in Miami on a scholarship, and I'm driving by far and away, Nat, the biggest piece of shit car in school. Mm -hmm. To the point where, like, everyone knew their size is a shitty-ass car. Talking about why I don't have a car these days because, like, the (laughs) trauma Trauma. involved in this car. (laughs) But I did. I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm -hmm. Looking back at it in the moment, oh, my God, it was embarrassing. If I went to pick up a girl on a date, I'd, like, park around the corner and be like, hey, like, I don't know, my car, I just, I didn't make an excuse. (laughs) I'd wait for like the sun to set and like, my car was called, my car was called Blinky because it was one of those headlights that went up and only one went up and one went down. My car (laughs) looked like it was like, (laughs) that was my car. So no, I I think um, as far as having kids, like you remember the conversation we had today with the biz doc? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know, I drive a Maserati Mm -hmm. and uh, my wife has a BMW and you know, my daughter has a Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. And I go, hold on, your daughter has a Porsche? Yeah. I said, what? 
16 years old, a Porsche. And this girl is like a really sweet, yes. nice, humble girl. And BizDoc is like the sweetest, nicest, nerdiest guy ever. Right. And I was like, BizDoc, I don't know. Why would you give your daughter 16 a Porsche? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, no, you don't understand. There's like, it's like not like the nicest Porsche. It's like a normal Porsche. I'm like, it's a Porsche, bro. What do yeah. you, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking $100,000 car. But I think there's also, I, I can understand why a parent would do that. I yeah. think it's also for the kids to see that you are not living your average life rather mm-hmm. than maybe some of your friends. And sometimes when you have those more luxury items and your friends don't, you appreciate those things a little bit differently. You're mm. like, wow, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a car like this. You know, my friend's driving a beat up rusted car, you know? So you can kind of appreciate those things a little bit more. Hopefully, if they grow up in like a good family, morals, you know how Bizdoc is, he's around Pat, like yeah. those things, you know, you've you you, you you've seen his daughter. Yeah. Very kind girl. She's not like a brat. She doesn't seem like a brat. Not in the least. In the least. So it's like yeah. you see a, a young girl She'll like that. She'll stay humble is what you're saying. Yes. Like yeah. those materialistic things won't affect how she But that's she a reflection on his parenting, his leadership, his wife, all that. Mm-hmm. In my experience, you asked what I would do with my kids. Yes. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Really? You're going to get a Honda Accord and you're lucky you have a car, 16-year-old kid. Okay. You're getting a Porsche, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah. don't care how humble you are. I just think that's that's my thing. Mm. Okay. You know, every 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 like if you ever talk to like an old guy back in my day. But do you think if I you had, had to a... walk backwards in the snow <laughs> with one foot and I was like, one what? Eye. Like, why are you walking backwards? It's like that was so tough. So it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like when someone catches a fish. It was like it was this big. Then it was this big. Then it was this big. I just think that like, you kind of want your kids to to. You don't want your kids to grow up soft, the silver spoon effect. Mm-hmm. There's so many rich kids that I went to school with, so many, who had it so easy, so easy, and then just never had to put in the work and never had to grind, never had to have like that mm-hmm. work ethic. Mm-hmm. And they never made anything about it. There's so many famous people, like, you know, pick a name. Uh, what's Bill Gates's daughter's name? Who fucking knows? Because yeah. she's never had to work before. Right. What's Tony Robbins' son's name? Right. No clue. Yeah. Antonio Robbins. Yeah. But like, because when you're, when you're, when there's something about, you know, I think 80% of millionaires, 85% of millionaires are first generation millionaires. Mm. So everyone talks about, oh, you're just a rich kid. It's like, no, there's a 90% chance that a millionaire is a first generation millionaire. Mm. That to me is awesome. That hunger, that yearning to win, that, hey, I got to fucking figure this out mentality, that the fucking, like, just down on your luck, I got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Not like, yeah, my family's a billionaire, and, like, I drive a Porsche now, and I just, like, that's life. Yeah. Maybe for a girl. I was going to say, Maybe I was going to say, if you had Maybe for a, girl, a daughter. But your, but your son yeah. gets to work, homie. There you go. That's Put what on, I was going to catch you on. Lunch pail, hard hat, get to work. Okay. Uh, one of my best friends, family's a billionaire, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you know him, you've met him. Family's a billionaire. He, uh, they're in the hotel business. Mm. He is a hotelier which is like of the fanciest word for like real estate conglomerate. Like, and he, when he was 15, he was the dude sweeping the front of the hotel. Mm. At 16, he was working a front desk. 17 is the bellboy. In college, he's delivering, 
you know, food delivery to the rooms, room service. Mm -hmm. And like he worked his ass off knowing every aspect of the hotel mm. before they were like, here's your first hotel. By the way, it's a small little hotel. Mm -hmm. Prove yourself here. Best of luck. But no, for a dude, you got to earn it. I agree. Women are a little bit different. Yeah. You don't want your daughter to deal with fucking trauma. Right. You want her to appreciate and have gratitude for nice mm -hmm. things in life. But and even the way that standard. men treat their sons is a little bit different than how they should treat their daughters. Thousand, That's my perspective. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, but I do want to move on to the next phase of your life. Or should we read some chats? Should I read some chats? Yeah, let's do some super okay. chats. Let's read some chats because I know we got some chats. By the way, thank you guys. Uh, yes. Hopefully you're getting some value of what we're doing here. I know that you, it seems like we're talking about me, but it's just an anecdotal for my life, the, the ups, the downs of what you can take away and apply to your life. So I hope you're getting some value here.